Welcome to The Dark Divide, a podcast that takes a seat, dangles its legs over the edge, and stares into the abyss. This is the story of Nicole Marin. By 10.30 in the morning on July 30th, 1985, the summer sun was already fixed in the cloudless sky, making the white pavement sparkle almost too bright for Nicole Marin to look at. She stared out through the windows of her apartment lobby, her fingertips pressed against the cool glass, already a contrast to the weather outside. Even though Etobicoke, Ontario is only 15 kilometers from Toronto, it manages to give a much more close-knit atmosphere. Public swimming pools and parks are full of families trying to beat the heat, kids running around wearing orange floaties, the scent of sunscreen and watermelon rinds, the familiar chime of an ice cream truck a few blocks away. The lakeshore offers a breeze, but if you're in the thick of the borough, it's still a hazy and humid concrete jungle. If you're lucky enough to have air conditioning, then you may not brave the heat. But the restless excitement of summer break is usually best worked off with hours of play, and Nicole was planning on spending another afternoon diving and splashing and jumping around in the water with her friends. After grabbing the mail, Nicole left the lobby and rode the elevator back up to the 20th floor penthouse, where she lived with her mother Jeanette. Her parents were separated, but Nicole's father Art lived close by in Mississauga. Having been their only child, she still remained their prime focus after parting ways. She just successfully graduated from the third grade, and despite the dynamics of her home life, she was a happy-go-lucky child with a cheerful disposition. Summer was especially fun, and with each coming year came more responsibilities and privileges. In 1985, it wasn't uncommon for an eight-year-old to run downstairs and grab the mail, or even head out into the neighborhood to run an errand for their parents. And it was certainly normal for kids to manage themselves. It was an interesting time of contrast, intertwining both Stranger Danger and Pleasantville, where people knew that evil was lurking among us, yet rarely assumed it was hiding in plain sight. When Nicole got back, she started getting ready for her swim date with her friend. She got into her favorite peach bathing suit, slicked her hair back with a green headband, and gathered up sunblock, a hairbrush, a beach towel, a t-shirt, and some shorts in a plastic bag. The outdoor pool was just to the rear of their complex, shared with the apartment tower next to them. By now, it had become regular routine for Nicole to spend the day down there while Jeanette stayed upstairs, running a makeshift daycare out of her home. Around 11 a.m., the lobby intercom buzzed. It was her friend waiting downstairs. Nicole said she'd be down in a minute to meet her, quickly slid on her red flats, said goodbye to her mother, closed the door, and headed towards the elevator. But 15 minutes later... Jeanette would hear the intercom buzzer ring again. Nicole's friend was still waiting downstairs, wondering where she was. Oh, honey, she already left. You must have just missed her. She's probably already out there, she assured her. Even though that seemed a little strange, Nicole's friend assumed that maybe she'd changed her mind. And when she wasn't at the pool, she thought maybe she was playing somewhere else. It wouldn't be until 3 p.m., almost four hours later, that everyone would realize Nicole wasn't playing somewhere else. She was missing. 